You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Welcome to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. I am here with Elisa Akron-Gold and I am Linda Martinelli and we're going to talk a little bit about this crazy proposition. I don't know if it's a proposition, but in the city of San Francisco, Elisa, where they have decided that uh, reparations are due to people of color for being discriminated against over many years for slavery, for uh, you name it, any wrong done to a person of color in San Francisco or their family, obviously, because nobody's still here that was a slave. So that doesn't really apply. They want to give them, are you ready? $5 million each. And I, I just have to, after I get over my shock, I have to just, I just have to laugh. I, I don't know what else to do. And the people of San Francisco should be up in arms. They don't have this kind of money to spend. So let's talk about that a little bit. And I want to give you a little bit of um interesting information on it is that besides the $5 million in payments, in addition to that, they also call for debt forgiveness. And to be eligible for this proposed program, you have to be 18 years old and have identified as Black or African-American on public documents for at least 10 years. Now, it doesn't say that you have to live in San Francisco for 10 years, can you imagine if, if I was a person of color, I'd be moving to San Francisco right now. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, you, you have a point, Linda. I, you know, I, I might pack up and join you, too, if I was African-American. However, what the, the thing that I find kind of humorous about the whole thing, if we're going to look at it from that perspective, is that they didn't even have a mathematical formula to come up with five million dollars per person. They just arbitrarily decided, oh, every every black person in San Francisco should be entitled to five million dollars as reparations so they can get their lives back together. And like, um, how do you even take that seriously? I feel like I mean, this is this is an absolute it's a, it's really it's such an insult to everybody else. I also there's also a. a a lawmaker in California who wants to use this model for other cities in the country. So it's not just we're going to do this ourselves. It's we're also going to impose this on everybody else as well. And, you know, there's so much that's wrong with this. It's just this is just like a, a bunch of like minded people who just came up with a number and decided this is what we're going to do. Well, you know what? I mean, OK, I could say, you know what, Linda, I'm Jewish and I, I think that, that, you know, we, I, I should be paid $5 million for, you know, the, all of the relatives that I had that were killed in the Holocaust. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, who would even think of something like that? Well, and, and there you go. And why, why pick out just people of color? Because my ancestors were Italian. 
they actually had to change their name when they came to the U.S. because there was so much discrimination against Italians at the time that they changed their name so that they wouldn't be a victim of that. Um, you can name almost any any people or any race. You know, so let's talk about the, the slavery. The, the slavery was certainly uh, a, a time of, you know, it, it was a time that that was what it was. It, these people who came over from Africa or who were brought over were slaves in Africa to people of color. They weren't slaves of white people. They were slaves of people of color. And in the United States, or when they came, they, they became slaves. And many of them were very well treated. And many of them, of course, were not well treated. That kind of is throughout history in everywhere, in every country that you ever want to talk about. Um, and, and a perfect example is, is the Jews and the, the Jewish people uh, still are discriminated against around the world still. They, in fact, are uh, in New York City, the, the probably the, the number one or number two people who get uh, attacked by others because of just because they're Jewish. So, right. you know, good point. You, you can do this with anybody. But the thing is, even in the United States, slaveholders were not just white people. They were people of other ethnicities, including people of color. So how do you say that you just arbitrarily give somebody $5 million? Now, I, I want to back up a second, Elisa, because I said that you don't have to ha have lived in San Francisco. And the criteria, um, there are eight additional criteria. I don't know all of them. Um, but one, one of them is born in San Francisco between 1940 and 1996 and has proof of residency in San Francisco for at least 13 years, or here's the big or personally, or the direct descendant of someone incarcerated by the fail, failed war on drugs. Now we're taking it out of it being a discrimination and slavery. Hey, if you were, if you were dealing drugs or got caught taking illegal drugs and you got put in jail, Oh, well, you're eligible. I mean, this is just absolutely insane. What do you think that these people are going to do with that money? If they'll, they'll never get it, I don't believe they'll ever get it. But if they got it, what do you think? Do you think that you're going to take a, a person with a life, people on the street or families that are involved in drugs or criminal activity, and they are just going to stop all of that and better their lives? Is that what we think? Uh, absolutely not. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's about the most ignorant thought I could ever think of. I, you know, if you're talking about people who are involved in a life like that, and you're going to hand them $5 million, why, why, why would you, why? I mean, it, it's so asinine. I can't even find the words to describe it. It seems like it just seems so ridiculous. I mean, it's it's also um, that there were, you know, I was reading also that there was a, a, a survey done out of Amherst University in Massachusetts that six in 10 people opposed the payouts to the descendants of slaves, while four in 10 said 
the federal government definitely should not pursue such a policy. Well, you know, I find that to be quite a message because I don't know if you know, but like Amherst is literally one of the most woke universities in our country. And so if they're even saying that that this should not, you know, they're finding in their survey, it should not this should not be pursued. You know, I can't even imagine why they would continue discussing this and why they're why are we even spending the time and the money to to talk about this, have hearings about it, vote on it. This is just an absolute insult, I think, to 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 everybody. I cannot even it's hard to fathom that this is what where we've come. You know, yeah. I don't know. Uh, the, the, this is what they're wasting their time on. Yes. Uh, they, they're, they're, there is nobody that is alive today that has earned a payment like that from actually from the other taxpayers, right? So Correct. California is in $37 trillion deficit. And this is what San Francisco is thinking of as their streets are full of homeless, full of drug addicts, full of crime. It, it, it is a city that a beautiful city that has gone completely in the toilet because of people like this. Why aren't they addressing the mental health of their people on the streets that would do their, their lives much better than, than this. And many of those people are people of color. Let's, let's uplift the, the people that are here today instead of some fake social justice that's being done for something that was done when none of us were even here. It makes no sense to me. And I mean, it's not going to happen because San Francisco doesn't have the money. And how ludicrous this is, Elisa, is they, they have a cannabis tax in San Francisco. And somebody said, well, let's just pay it out of the cannabis tax money. Okay, the can cannabis tax takes in about $10 million annually. So that'll pay two people out of the 50,000 that they want to pay. I mean, it's it, this is ludicrous. And if you are a person living in San Francisco, you're working there, you have a home there, and they want to take your money and do this with it, oh my, you got to go. You got to go quick. I mean, who I, I'd like to know who the people, who are the actual individual people that are on this African-American Reparations Advisory Committee. You know, the fact that they even have that is is just that in itself is a problem. But who are the people behind this is what I'd like to know. Have you looked into that at all? I haven't. I haven't. But I have another thought. And, and it always strikes me, and I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble for saying it. But what about all of the people that you, just just look on the news every single day? And, and you see a, um, let me, let me, let me put it another way, just to put it in perspective. People of color are 13% of the population, 13%. The amount of crimes that they commit is vastly uh, over and above their number of the percent of population. So what about all of their victims? What about all the victims of their crime? Since they are the people that statistically are committing uh, the majority of crimes and they are such a smaller percent of the population, 
So how, what about all of their victims? Do they not deserve reparations then? I mean, you can take this to any degree. As far as I'm concerned, take, if you want to give people reparations, take victims of crime, not, not of just people of color, but anybody that's a victim of crime, of violent crime by another person, you know, help them out. But, but just throwing money at things has never worked, not in any situation and any time by this government. It just doesn't work. Just throwing money at things. Look, look at Rodney King. Rodney King was beaten up by police way back in the, what, late 70s or eight, early 80s. And, mm -hmm. and he was given a big chunk of money. And what did he do with it? He didn't make his life better. In fact, he drowned um, because he, he's, you know, taking drugs and he, he never, he never improved his money. Didn't help him, you know? So it doesn't, money doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't make you uh, do the right things in life. It, everybody in America, as I see it, has the same opportunities and they have to capitalize on those opportunities, but throwing money at it is just not the answer. No, that's for sure. And the thing that makes me a little even more nervous than that is let's just say, okay, you know, they, they've proposed this narrative that, that reparations should be paid to, to black people in San Francisco. What is damaging about it because it is a pie in the sky endeavor and most likely you know 99% that's never it's never going to happen but what's net what's damaging i think is that young people hear this stuff and they hear this narrative and they get indoctrinated into that and it's almost like a movement where um, you know, people start to believe that, oh, yeah, there really is systemic racism and structural racism. And and, you know, that that they, they so, you know, they kind of end up buying into this storyline. And overall, that to me is even more damaging than I mean, this this whole thing is so, such a ludicrous proposal to begin with, but which is never going to happen. But what what makes me nervous about it is that these sorts of things keep coming up these ridiculous concepts keep coming up but young people they hear it and they get indoctrinated by it and they start to think oh yeah that's that is what should happen and i see it in my daughter's high school you know these young teenage kids who hear this stuff and they think oh absolutely we should be you know we should all be communists or we should all be you know we should all be, you know, all the black people should be getting $5 million per person. They think they, they don't have the perspective and, um, you know, the, the wisdom and the age, I guess, the experience to understand that that is actually the, that is actually never going to work and it's never going to be a good idea in under any circumstances, but yet they take it and they, they march it forward. And I, that, that makes me nervous. That makes me nervous as a parent of like young people. I see how that indoctrinates them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard from so, so many parents about their, their kids coming back from uh, college as soon as they start college and, and they're completely different and they have different thoughts and now they're disagreeing with their parents. And I mean, it's definitely uh, indoctrination going on. 
Um, but we'll see what happens with the $5 million. I, I just think that the city of San Francisco, the, the poor people there, you know, it, it's like Portland and Seattle and some of these other cities where they had a beautiful place to live, a beautiful uh, somewhere that you aspire to live. And it has become uh, an absolute, um, well, I can only say toilet because I've been there a few times recently and I don't want to go back. Um, my husband and I were talking about it just last night that we're not going to go back because it's it's dangerous and it's it's depressing. And um, I wouldn't walk down the street there. You know, even when I walked down the street there, it was, uh, there was needles and and people laying all over the streets and um, urine and not only that, but but two guys uh, as I walked by started a fight with each other and one of them had a knife and it was you know it just was terrifying. So I they don't the people in San Francisco don't deserve well they don't deserve the situation they're living in. But on the other hand, they vote. And so I get, they get what they vote for. And, you know, maybe they ought to rethink who they're voting for. Maybe they ought to take a look at Chicago and take a look at, at you know, how angry those people are. And maybe Chicago has a little bit of hope after getting rid of Lori Lightfoot. We'll see what happens there. But hallelujah. honestly, <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. No kidding. I, you know, I just feel like maybe San Francisco should instead of you know saying everybody should every every African American person should be getting five million dollars, why don't they tell that that group that they should, you know, for the most part, work hard, invest in yourself and your family and your community, avoid you know the criminal justice system, don't don't have a child before you're you know twenty years old. How about those kinds of basic things too? You know, not telling people that you're owed something, even though you're not the one who, who was the slave, you're not the one who picked the cotton, you know, you, you guys, this is, this is like a mentality where people are entitled to something. And, you know, when is this going to end? I mean, you, you could say, women could say, oh, I'm a woman and I wasn't allowed to vote until the 20th century. I want $5 million. I mean, you, you know, this thing, it could be, it just goes on and on. It's, it's damaging. Well, and then now you now you have millions of people coming over the border, and we can talk about it, that after the break. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism 
and a Made in America Climate Plan, a plan based on real science that responds to the real-world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure, a plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com. Welcome back to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. So we're sounding off about the $5 million in San Francisco. I just want to make one more comment about that. Now we add all these people that, that the new numbers have come out recently and they some people are saying over 5 million people have entered our country. Alisa, that's more than the population of five entire United States of the United States, five states. Um, so we've just added the population of more than five states to uh, our country, all of them illegal. Um, and, you know, that that brings up a, another odd point in my mind that I, I see that Washington, D.C. is allowing illegals to uh, to vote in their local elections there, which is just incredulous to me. But our government is spending so much money on these people flowing over the border. So let's talk about that for a minute, because there was a woman who testified about the drugs that are flowing over the border, and she testified in front of Congress. And I'm not sure if it was the Congress or the Senate, but I guess it's one or both, um, about two sons that she lost to fentanyl that came over the border. And it, it was heartbreaking because this plays out, has played out a year ago. The statistics were over 100,000. I think it was 110,000, 80% of which were fentanyl deaths, 80%. So her story was heartbreaking because she not she lost not one, but two of her sons to fentanyl, thinking that they were taking Percocet, and both of them died. This is so common, I can't tell you. I have a son who is a, a paramedic firefighter who sees this pretty often himself and is put in danger because of it, because if you touch it, you know, you are also uh, under the influence or you could die. So the problem with the people coming over the border, bringing the drugs, this woman testifies. And then Joe Biden seems to think it's funny and makes a little laugh and makes a comment that her sons died with drugs that came over during Trump's time. I'm just, I'm just horrified by that reaction. Oh, I mean, did you even see like that, that, phony fake smile that's plastered on his face constantly you know how he just like laughed the thing off and yeah i that was shameful i mean that was absolutely shameful you know this woman two of her sons they're 18 and 20 years old these young people with promising futures you know who died after you know what is it 10 grains of salt 10 10 10 grains of salt is about as much fentanyl that could kill you you know, and they, they had no idea what they were doing. They didn't know. And they died. It's not an overdose. It's a poisoning. First of all, I don't, I hate that people call it overdose. It's, it's a poisoning. And, 
and he had the gall to just laugh this off. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was just horrifying. It was just horrifying that he did that. I, I thought it was disgusting. Um, you know, we've got, we've got all these people, millions of people that have come over the border. All the fentanyl is all sourced from China and it's, it's, comes through comes into the country through the the southern borders we don't know who's bringing it in none of those people are checked none of, nothing is checked it's all just flowing in i think i would venture to say there's more fentanyl in this country than they even know about and i, I it is you know what are we what are we going to do about it now it's almost like the genie's been let out of the bottle i mean what on earth what do we have any recourse with this? I mean, it's very scary and very dangerous. Well, again, you know, it, th that would require lawmakers to act. And, you know, in President Trump's defense, when people, and yes, fentanyl came over the border when he was president, it's come over the border when everybody was president, as long as fentanyl has been around. And now there are even worse drugs coming over the border that are, are new enhanced versions of fentanyl and they have other names. But what President Trump did is, is he tried to do something about it. He tried to build the wall. He tried to stop people from coming over the border. He prosecuted uh, people who, who brought drugs in. That's not happening now. And, you know, there is a very, very scary article, and I can't speak to it right now because I, I, I need to kind of digest it and understand more about it because it's very complicated. But the cartels that are in charge of this whole drug uh, distribution have set up places in the United States. Uh, Colorado is one of them, but there are many all over the United States. They have, they have set up um, cartel places where they can distribute these drugs that are coming in. And they, they have a very sophisticated, a scarily sophisticated system of getting the people that they want elected that will do their bidding as cartels into our government. It's very, very scary. And it's, it's ingenious and it's forward thinking and diabolical. And um, we, we are, we are in so much more danger than people realize. And, you know, you can sit and poo-poo what I'm saying and say, oh, you're you're just, you know, conspiracy theorists. No, that this is happening. And and it's very scary because in our small towns, we if we get these types of officials and that's where they're going, or, or in large towns, it doesn't matter. That's why the problem is going to continue. So I don't know how we're going to solve it, but the first thing that we need to do as a society is under, understand what the goal is and what's happening to us behind the scenes and take our blinders off and, um, you know, get in there and, and vote people in that will stop this problem and vote people out that are propagating it. I mean, that's, that's the only answer that I know. Well, that's for sure. I mean, it's certainly not nothing as far as I'm concerned, is going to happen under Biden because Biden is owned by China. And if 99% of the fentanyl is coming from China, even though it's it's manufactured by the cartels, it's sourced from China, he's not going to do anything to stop it because he can't. 
he's he he's indebted to the Chinese. He made millions of dollars from the Chinese, even though nobody wants to admit that. Nobody even talks about that. Um, but the fact that China is involved in this, nothing's ever going to happen. And as far as I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think anything's going to happen as long as Biden's around because he can't. They can't. They, there's nothing he can do. He's he, he is hamstrung by the Chinese because of the corruption and the deals that he made with them, certainly through his son, Hunter. And I just cannot, you know, it makes me angry that nobody talks about that. And nobody, you know, we've got serious problems with this in this country. And honestly, I, I think he's the source of them. I really do. I, I, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist either. I just think that that's just what's, that's just a fact. And that's just what's going on. And nobody is, nobody is saying anything about that. Well, the no, nobody being the media, the media. yeah, nobody being um, the Justice Department, the FBI, everybody, everybody is is kind of on the same page, and I, I just, I just feel at this moment that in in our history that we have uh, somebody who is really an enemy to our country in the White House. Uh, because nobody who loves America would do the things that are being done. Nobody who who cares about the future generations would be having transsexuals in in, in girl women's sports or transgenders in women's sports. Nobody who who loves our children would be uh, indoctrinating them in socialistic ways as they are in schools and not telling the parents about what's happening with their own child in school. And nobody would be opening our borders to every single nationality in the entire world to just walk in and make themselves at home at our expense. And, and not only do they just walk in, they they give them, when they get here, they give them a cell phone, they give them some clothes, they put house them in places that you and I can't even afford to stay in a lot of times. Four-star hotels in New York City, Linda. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, and these people are demanding hot meals. You know, they're they're angry and they're protesting because they are not getting the food that they want. I mean, the whole thing is outrageous. Who else would have allowed China to steal American technology, nuclear technology and other defense um, secrets by letting China float a balloon over our country, entire the entire country for over a week? Yeah. Would any yeah. would anybody have allowed that? I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> We have sold this country out because of Biden. And and I, it makes me, I, I'm like angry. I'm really angry. I mean, we pay taxes in this country. We want to live a certain way here. I don't want this country sold out to, to one of our enemies like this. All this, I cannot, I don't know. I <laughs> I don't know. I mean, have you, what about the latest, you know, the story that, that, you know, kind of has been in the news over the past week about the virus that, that, you know, they verified came from the lab. I mean, of course it did. Of course it did. You know, well, we, but we've did... known about that for some time, right? I mean, of course. anybody yes. with common sense has known about that, but they've denied it, and and they still they still are not fully coming out and and saying it. So, you know, it's it's funny because there there was a um, a joke, I guess, in, in the uh, one of the the news medias. And it, it mentioned right-wing conspiracy theories, and the 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 Russia Trump collusion is a left-wing hoax. Um, now that's been proven true, right? 
the Hunter laptop cover up. The Hunter Biden's laptop is now true, right? The open mm -hmm. border crisis, true. Wuhan lab COVID leak, true. Lockdowns and masks don't work, true. I mean, they have said that we are completely right wing whack jobs. Um, that people that believe in those that those things that I just mentioned are uh, were true, and they are true. So, you know, I mean, I. I still see such a huge percentage of the population if you choose to look at Twitter or some of the social media and who are just in denial that that this is this is a lab leak. You can follow this money so easily. I I'm nobody in government. I'm nobody in the media. I can follow the money from Fauci to the Wuhan lab and the millions of dollars he gave for gain of function research on the SARS COVID. Uh, from bats. And and then what happened? It it got out of the lab. And according to people who worked in that lab, it got out purposefully and, and killed lots of people. And therefore, wouldn't you expect that they would do it again? I mean, we we just need to wake up here. Oh, we do. We we definitely need to wake up here. It's it's you know just the whole the 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 Hunter Biden mess is i think runs so deep that um you know the media wouldn't dare dare take they wouldn't cover it and i think that the justice department is just gonna keep pushing it down the line pushing it down the line to get through this biden administration because i think every, they clearly know that if the the truth were to come out and uh, you know it was one of these things that was like oh yeah that is true you know and all of a sudden everybody wakes up and says oh yeah that you know we we thought that was a right-wing conspiracy oh but you were right now it is true you know they're not going to allow that to happen and certainly not while biden is president so you know i think they're just going to push it down and and you know we're we're the there, there's almost no recourse for us. You know, there's nothing to be to be done about that. You just have to kind of eat that. And it's it's really aggravating. It's really frustrating. I just think that that Biden is, you know, has allowed China to take over our country. I mean, at least Trump came out and he said he was aware of it and that China was our our greatest enemy, um, you know. But Biden has just allowed China to swallow us up and you know, he's, he's basically left himself. There's really no room for him for, I don't think that we could, we could defend Taiwan if China decides to, to go in there and take Taiwan over. I, you know, I don't think we can do that because Biden is owed, owned by the Chinese. So I don't know. I, I, I find this, I find it very frustrating. And again, the only way we're going to move forward is if we have a new young um, administration that is that is going to take on these issues, like kind of like Trump did. We need a populist sort of administration, I think. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, I, I worry about the the situation with China right now because they are cozying up with with Russia. They are looking at. I believe the, my personal opinion is that they are going to attack Taiwan while Biden is still president because Biden is weak. And they don't want to wait till somebody strong is in office. So, you know, that that's really worrisome because Biden has kind of kowtowed to them so much that they have no fear of him. And 
how do you get out of this situation now as president? How if if China wants to go after Taiwan now, um, your words have meant nothing to them. So how how do you how do you even um, make something happen? Sending a few troops over there is not is not uh, doing anything to make them change their mind. So I I don't know. We're in a very very bad place right now. And it only took us two years, Elisa, to get there. It only took two years because we were in a really good position in our country two years ago uh, before President Trump was, I think, um, uh, falsely voted out of office. Um, there, there, there are so many things that they're finding now with ballots and um, millions of ballots that have no answer to. As, but nobody's like you say, nobody's going to do anything, especially this administration. They're not going to do anything against themselves. So well, of course not. You, you, no. is, it is somewhat overwhelming. And I think it's overwhelming to, to the everyday just working citizen in our country. Right. There, there are so many things every which way you look, there's bad news. And how do we, how do we get out of it? And they're, there are days that I tell my husband, you know, let's just kind of hunker down and in our house and and you know shut the doors and the windows and turn the TV off because it's it's quite um, disturbing. But I can't do that because I love America and I don't want us to go away. And, and I'm going to fight with everything I have to be able to have people understand the position we're in because they can solve it if 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 they will. Oh, yes, that's that's for sure. And, you know, certainly right now, there's not going to be any way to to hold Biden accountable for it, because even if he is questioned by anybody at the few times he he goes up in front of the press, he basically says, give me a break, man. And he, you know, laughs it off and he walks away. You know, he never or if he or if he's questioned or he'll say, you know, he'll say, you know, you, you're, you're not polite and you can come to my office and ask me a question when you're polite. I mean, it's, 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 just, you know, this is just how he shoves people off. This is just how he kind of, you know, he just avoids. And so he gets a break on it. He gets a break and he's not going to be held accountable. And I agree with you. I think that we are, we have to fight for our country. It's not a given that this country is going to be, you know, is still going to be built in the future on the original values that it was created on. It's definitely not a given. And we, if, you know, if we don't stop influencing and indoctrinating our young people, we really are going to be in a scary position. If you think it's bad now, you know, the future of the country are, is, you know, anybody from 16 to, to 30. And those people, I mean, I find it frightening the things that they buy into and the things that they believe and the things that they are not thinking for themselves on. And so we do have to fight for that. And we do have to continue to speak up and, and make ourselves heard because it's, it's, we're going to be in much bigger problems than we have now. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. A wide spectrum of programming from world and political news to societal, your health, and cultural stories. Seven amazing years of news stories, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. 
America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Whoa, wait. We wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. Well, we are back. Um, let's switch it up a little bit, Elisa. Talk about a couple of, of a little happier things, uh, sort of. <laughs> thing I, I just want to mention. And again, I think it's, it's worth doing uh, a talk about it at another time because you know, I'm seeing a little bit of revival in religion in this country. And I think that's such a good thing. And if we can move that forward, I think that it's something that can really, really help the country move forward. I I think losing our religion uh, has been such a bad thing for America. And if we can bring that back, and I, I'm so inspired to see all the young people that were at that, that one church that was having a revival for what a week or two weeks or three weeks. Um, it was, it was just amazing. So I would love to see that spread all over the country. Well, that's, that is definitely where we're going to be able to sort of get our values back. I think that's, that is the basis of, of, you know, sort of healthy living and family structure and, and living with with good values. I mean, what parent doesn't want their kid to receive? I don't know. I kind of like the concept of like values based education for that reason, you know, because I want my kids exposed to that. I want that to be part of their life. And I think that if you don't grow up with that, you don't have any kind of moral compass. So you end up sort of in this this anarchy type type world that we're sort of I feel like we're living in right now. Um, but you know, 
it's it's interesting too because I know I, we were talking earlier about um, you know there's been a bunch of a bunch of talk lately about how all these young men are you know are single more young men are single than ever before um, and how they don't want to go out on dates and they don't want to be you know they they feel like going out on dates is kind of like a job interview and it's just unpleasant for them and so they're like ah forget it I'm gonna opt out of this and you know I don't think that's first of all, I don't think it's nice. It's not, not, I feel, I feel awful as a woman that, that guys feel like that because, you know, well, I, I, I don't want that to be blamed on, on girls. Why should girls make a guy feel like that? We need our men just as much as we need our women. Um, and you know, I, I feel like the way things have been going lately and I have young nieces and young people in my family and, you know, it's all about this, toxic masculinity and, and, you know, how men have suppressed women for all these years and we've got to take back and the girl power and the, you know, girl time and the, this and that. And I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think that that is, you know, that's what I like about the religious revival is that it's equal for everybody. It's not about, you know, forcing one, one gender down and, and lifting the other one up because honestly, we all need each other. Absolutely. And, and I'm a, I am just such a firm believer in uh, the male female relationship. And I, 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 I'm shocked to see that it says that 63% of men under 30 are single, which is up from 51% since 2019. That's only a few years ago. That's a huge jump in single men. And I, of course, part of that is probably all the lockdowns um, from COVID and people couldn't get out, you know, and socialize, but I don't know. You know, I have, um, I have one single son and he's, um, he's 40 and he's still single. And it's, it's not that he doesn't date, but I think, um, he's just found it easier because the, the women are, I, it's kind of like you said, and I, I, since I am a woman, I want to be kind to women, but yet I, women can be awful to men. And they, they have forgotten that we need men, that the whole women's movement, I don't think served women well. I, I, I just, I, I think that we lost the respect for each other and the respect for the differences between men and women. And, you know, we, women have wanted to be the all, okay, I can do it myself. I don't, I don't need you. You know, my kids don't need a father um, I can, you know, divorce you and, and raise them on my own. And I, I so disagree. We, we need those family units. They are just, they're critical for everything in America. They're critical for the survival of the country. They're critical for, you know, having families and well-grounded kids. And I, what I see out there, Elisa, and I think you alluded to it, women are not respecting men and men know it and feel it and that they do feel like it's a job interview you know like like what are you going to do for me and where's this relationship going to go and they want to know that like tomorrow you know they don't want to let things work in a natural way where you you just respect that other person and there's boundaries that you don't cross and that's kind of how my husband and I run our relationship is that there are boundaries we do not cross with each other. 
and we don't say things to hurt each other because you can't take those back. And I just see the freedom, you know, I see women uh, using sex as a tool, you know, a punishment tool. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't do something I like, so I'm not, you know, we're not having sex, that kind of thing. Those things in my mind should never happen. We just have lost the understanding of how to have a relationship and how that relationship truly benefits the man and the woman. Well, it's not, you know, just like you said, for, for someone to say, you know, to, to even approach the relationship thinking, you know, what are you going to be doing for me? It's not about that. That's that that's wrong right off the bat. It's it's about what can I give into this relationship? What can I offer you? Am I going, if you, if you look at it from that perspective as, you know, and I'm no relationship expert or anything like that, but, you know, it just kind of is common sense thinking that, you know, what you put into something is what you're going to get out of something. And if you throw yourself into it and you give to the other person and you think about what you can offer them, it just naturally makes the other person want to think about what they could offer you back and what they, you know, it's a, it's a give and take. It's a, it's, it's, it's just like the golden rule. You treat somebody the way you want to be treated. And when you do that, it's an equal partnership. And that's, that's the key word. It's a partnership. It's not about, you know, oh, men are toxic and toxic masculinity. And I'm going to, you know, I'm, I, I'm going to smash the glass ceiling and I'm going to get through it. You're right. It, it has been horrible, I think, for, for women, the the women's movement and all these feminists. I don't think there's anything appealing about that to a guy. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if you ask me, like I've, I've heard women say that if a guy pays for their dinner, that they get all bent out of shape about that. They don't want to be paid for. And they, but honestly, I, I don't know. I think that's a nice gesture when a man picks up the check. I like that. I, you know, call me, call me archaic or whatever, but I, per, I actually appreciate chivalry and, you know, a man acting like a man and a woman acting like a woman. Um, I don't know. I look at that as like a partnership. We both have things to give in the relationship. So, I mean, you know, you kind of can't blame the men and I feel, I feel bad about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, it's, it's a hard one to know what the answer is. I, I, I see a lot of people, you know, living in Texas and, and having um, friends in, in other states in, in kind of in the middle of the country, like Oklahoma, um, people tend to get married a little earlier, right? They, they tend to find their spouse at a pretty young age and they stick with them. Where now in the cities, it's the thing to, to wait, right? Wait till I get my education, wait to have a baby, wait to, to do all these things till, till I've done everything I want to do for myself. Um, guess what? You can do those things as a couple too. You know, you can, you can work towards things and you can grow as a couple, but um, I don't know if we've done ourselves a favor. I don't, I don't, I don't know if women did themselves a favor with, with wanting to be so independent from men that we don't want them to open the door and we don't want them to pay for our meal or the, the other, you know, the opposite of that coin is, is that uh, in the article that, that I read, one of the guys was saying well, on our first date, you know, she's asking me where I want our future kids to go to school. What kind of school do you, do you want them to go to? And he's, you know, it, 
so you have kind of a, a dichotomy of things happening, but I'm thinking that we don't know how to have relationships anymore. We're, we're so into our phone and our electronics that we've forgotten how to look people in the eye and have a conversation, have a, a relationship with somebody, a give and take relationship. Well, yeah, that's, that's what's lacking. You know, it's, it's not a give and take anymore. It's all about a, a take, take, take. And if you, you know, it's 50% give and it's 50% take. And if you don't have both, the relationship's going to break down. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I do think that it was very interesting that more than 50,000 people showed up for that religious revival in Kentucky. Yes. And, you know, that that says a lot, I think. It was almost like a Woodstock sort of thing, you know, and it was kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know, it was sort of like the the cool thing to do. And I think that that's, if, if we can move forward with that, if we can continue to have religious leaders that sort of um, inspire people to do that, then only good can come from that, I think. Um, you know, it makes life a lot more meaningful. It it just brings people down to a spiritual level. They start to think of much more about what's important. You know, just basic values. Um, it, I think I think that this whole generation, this young generation, has been kind of traumatized also by you know the abuse of power. You know, we had all this problem, these problems with the Catholic Church, and you know, there's been a lot of corruption in religion. And if they can clean that up, and and look at religion for the joy in the religion that you can get out of it and the meaning that you can get out of it. That can only be a good thing. Yeah. You know, I would love to see that Kentucky revival uh, mimicked across the country. If someone could, could start a movement to have, you know, say a certain week where, Every church and every community does that. I just think that would be amazing. Well, you know, it's a it's a challenge also because this Generation Z, which is like people who were born kind of, I guess, in the late 90s and early 2000s, they are they are known to be the least religious generation in in memory. And, you know, I think I think over a third of them identifies as like religiously unaffiliated. So clearly they're looking for something. I mean, they've, they've also had extraordinary stress in their lives and lonely feelings. And, you know, they, they've gone through COVID and had disruptions and, you know, they've also grown up with social media. They're the first generation to grow up with social media and it's done quite a bit of damage to their mental health. So it can only, they, they are, I think, in search of something that, that can sort of bring meaning to their lives. I I saw so many college age students at that revival, uh if you, if that's what you call it a revival, but at, at that church, um I saw so many and they they spoke, you know, on camera and they said how absolutely amazing it was to feel the love between the people and you know, it was something that they wanted to move forward with. So so our generation you know, could could start this movement somehow, and and you know, if we could get if we could get a movement across the country of churches doing this and having you know a few days or a week long kind of event like that in their church, I just think 
I just think it would be an amazing thing for America. I, I think nothing but good could come from it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, people are, I, I think, as a result of that, that, um, that revival in Kentucky, people are, you know, other religious leaders are inspired to sort of spread that. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see more of that. I really think so. I think that people were getting, it, it started out as just a basic service. And then it sort of grew by social media and other people started to come and it just sort of organically grew and became what it was on its own. And it went on for like a week. And, you know, that, it, that something like that has not happened in a very long time here. And people wanted to go and check it out. And most of the kids, most of the people that were there, you're right, were very young people. So it's very obvious that they are feeling they are feeling a hole that they need to fill and what better what better way to fill it than with with spirituality well ladies that's a wrap one more step for womankind 